deep in London's beating heart lies a wall. I like do it be if you know the call. For if the wall steps aside, be not afraid of what you see. Cause the wizard world is opened up as has the griffin. Hello everyone and welcome to the Shrieking Shack. This is a Harry Potter reread podcast for Laps fans. I'm your host, ZZ. And I'm Liz. And Liz, we're on our like I don't know, third, fourth, late, late recording. How is that feeling for you? Are you you kind of settling in? Are you enjoying the afternoon vibes? Has it changed really your, your approach to potting? Yeah, so here's the here's the combination, right? Because it's like mm-hmm. weekend day during the day on a Sunday. The vibes aren't as the vibes are better, right? Right. But the evening also has better vibes. But it's yeah. Monday, which has bad vibes. So I think we're we're at like net zero a little bit, but it's a little it's it's funky. We're in a it's funky different. It, it's funky different. It definitely it's definitely new. It's definitely feeling a little a little like uncharted territory for sure. Um, but it, it I don't know like it's it's working for me. It's the uh, hangout hour. It's yeah. It's it's like if we weren't recording the podcast. We'd be chilling. Now, we'd be chilling. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We'd be we'd be hanging out. We'd be and so it's kind of got that. Well, what else would we be doing? Vibe to mm-hmm. it so far. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's kind of working. I think. Yeah, um, I think so too. It's an adjustment. I had just gotten so used to doing it like like Sunday lunchtime. Um, right. Um, but but you sort of like get rid of the. Because, like, that that sort of, like, pushed the Sunday scaries forward a little bit for me. Right. Yes, exactly. Yeah, um, and you get the Sunday inertia, too. Yeah. Yeah. So, Sunday, I like, it, it was, I think it was also, like, another net zero situation there, too. Because it's, like, Sundays, you either feel like, oh, tomorrow's Monday. Right? Mm-hmm. And, and and it's, like, well, well, great. So, so doing the podcast is like a good, a good thing to do then. Right, right. But then also, so I don't know if you have this problem. Sunday is the like, fuck, I have to do something day. Yeah. Right. Like, like, what am I doing with my week? It's the second day of the weekend. I need to do something. Right. It's either that or you're you're like, weekend's over. It's like 8 a.m. on a Sunday, weekend's over. (laughs) I might as well be dead. Yeah. Just like, my weekend's already over. (laughs) Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I think, I think net zero is right. We're, 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 we're maintaining the vibe no matter what. I right, think. exactly. Monday but is it better is than Tuesday. We've done a few Tuesdays. Yeah. Tuesday's a tough day. But Monday, you get a hectic Monday, it's it's fine. It's good. Yeah. It's a hangout hour. It's Monday, but you're hanging out after work. That's it's cool. It's Monday, you're hanging out, and, and also it just means that, like, even if it is a long Monday, that's your longest day of the week now. Exactly. And that kind of, you know, once you're done, you're done. That's That, that kind of works. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, here we are, another late recording, another, 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 another new vibe. Um, and speaking of new vibes, there's, there's some new vibes over at WB, it seems like. Oh. The vibe has shifted. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, <laughs> this, we're, we're doing a money fandom check-in, Absolutely. I think. Uh, so, I guess, I didn't realize that this was maybe the precursor to some bigger news uh, last week, but we did touch briefly on 
Harry Potter moving streaming services again. Mm-hmm. Um, to the Peacock box or away from it. <laughs> to the Peacock box. Okay. Um, away from HBO. And it turns out that HBO Max, which was the not HBO, but HBO branded streaming service. This is also confusing. Um, that had the Harry Potter stuff previously was like on the chopping block, basically. Okay. Um, and since then, um, we have gotten some much bigger, crazier WB uh, uh, cancellations, which are they they canceled a completely finished Batgirl movie. Um, <laughs> like just just wrote the whole thing off, I guess. Huh. Uh, uh, Ninety million dollars down the toilet. Um, and they've like cut a whole bunch of other shows and uh, like canceled more. Like they canceled like a Scooby Doo movie that was like done as well, or like done enough that they recorded the soundtrack yesterday, even though the movie's still canceled. <laughs> like why not just that, put it out there? That yeah, that so the answer I guess to that is that like these are because the so there's the WB Discovery merger happening. Mm-hmm. And I guess there's some, I don't know if this is like a loophole or like a specific feature of mergers, but like anything that is written off in a certain window uh, uh, of uh, after a merger is like tax deductible, basically. Like, oh, because of this merger, we're not going forward with this Batgirl movie. So actually I get a $90 million tax deductible on this. So they can't release it, apparently. That's what I've heard. I don't know if that's like... Uh. <laughs> it's very stupid. The money fandom, very stupid. Yeah. Um, uh, but this is, of course, like, caused a whole bunch of um, consternation and, 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 and speculation about, like, like, what the fuck is WB doing with all of this this stuff? And it's it's been... there's If you look online, there's, like, tons and tons and tons of discoursing about, like, well, what happens with the DC stuff? Because that's their big uh, uh, film franchise. But all all quiet on the Wizarding World front. And I'm very curious about that. Like, no one no one seems all that worried about it. No one no one's concerned about this part. Um, and I'm I, I'm I'm I, but like I'm curious if we're gonna see like a, oh yeah, Fantastic Beasts is like officially like with a bullet Dunzo now. Right. I mean, I think I saw some discoursing about that on the Fantastic Beasts subreddit because of course mm-hmm. I checked it out once uh, once this was all sort of starting and there there were a few threads of people saying you know um, if what was it back. Batgirl, Supergirl, whatever got canned. Um, like, of course, Fantastic Beasts will be on the chopping block. Like, no yeah. way they'll they'll follow through. But right. um, but if it is something to do with like a merger tax deductible thing, then that's like a a whole different ballpark, right? Because that would include stuff that had already been finished or something yeah. that was in the works. And since Fantastic Beasts is in this like Twilight Zone, there's nothing going on with it right now. I right. guess it there, still could just happen. There's nothing to cancel yet, right? right. Like, if anything, though, I think it just shows, like, maybe how close we came to it maybe getting canceled, right? Like, if this merger stuff had happened three or four months earlier, 
Oh, imagine you know? that world. I, there, there might be nothing that would have made me happier than, than Secrets of Dumbledore getting canned after it was finished. Can you even imagine? Oh my god. That'd be the best day ever. It would have been really, really funny. Um. <laughs> we wouldn't have had to watch that movie. Oh god. I remember nothing from that movie already. Um <laughs> all I remember are those crystal balls and them doing like a like a banana peel routine on them. <laughs> I we got a really funny comment on our um on the Patreon uh, for our last episode where I think you asked me like if I had to watch a Harry Potter movie now what would I choose and I can't choose the third one, right? right? Yeah. Um and I I I said like movie 4 and someone commented, like, I just listened to an episode where I, either we were ranking the movies or, or we were talking about the fourth one, and we apparently both said it was the worst one that we'd seen. And I think that really just goes to show that um, the biggest crime that these movies uh, uh, perpetrate is just being insanely forgettable. Like... That I don't is remember. very true. However, there is some merit in watching the worst one. Y- yeah, I guess that it, like the worst one is like entertaining, right? Like it sticks out, you know. Yeah, <laughs> but I don't know if I was thinking that at the time. I just maybe merit uh, is the wrong word. <laughs> There's something <laughs> to it, though. Oh man, um, but yeah. So, my, my I guess my main my main point is that like it, it it's interesting seeing all of this raging debate about like the future of the DC movies and we've got like you know a Scooby-Doo movie <laughs> that, that got canned and like a bunch of other stuff you know a lot of HBO Max shows perhaps like on you know now on the chopping block perhaps um but like I haven't seen a public like oh no I hope I hope <laughs> I hope Fantastic Beast is okay. You know what I mean? Like no, I think and everyone, no one's... everyone knows that it's done. Like regardless of <laughs> we, this, right? We've accepted it. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. That last one felt pretty conclusive. Um, that ending felt felt like the ending of that franchise for sure. I think we all know that we're done. <laughs> I would I would love to be able to say that. I I think that's maybe my my main. Uh, like like that that's why I'm so curious about this. This is like I would just really like to like know that we're done, you know? Like like put just pull the band-aid off. Um, I feel like I see a lot of people say like like when will there be an announcement? Um and do they really make announcements that they're not gonna make a movie? Like they Yeah <laughs> like after Golden Compass came out starring Daniel Craig, they weren't like okay <laughs> we are everybody not making these, press conference. Yeah. We are not making the subtle knife. <laughs> they should do that. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Getting everyone together to announce that we are not making a sequel. That was terrible. We are not doing this again. <laughs> we are really sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's a good point. I, 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 I like no one's a- no reporters have asked it as far as I know. You know what I mean? Like, right. like no, no one's like dug into this um, because that's that's usually where you get the like oh such and such studio has no plans for a. Um, for a sequel or or a new a new entry in the franchise or whatever is when is when you get 
either fans or or reporters or whatever asking that question of a PR person who says like we cur- we currently have no plans to return to such and such right like but if fans chipper. make enough noise we'll <laughs> see if fans make enough noise you never know you never know <laughs> what the future could hold there could be maximum ride 2 <laughs> starring taylor swift and produ- produced by exactly <laughs> yeah i guess that, that 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 is the other point um we, we've talked about this before also around wb and like like rumors around uh, uh film and tv projects right is it like there's always something kicking around at a company right like you know someone at bioware has probably said i would love to make kotor 3 in a meeting at some point right, right like right like these things these things like don't just like disappear entirely it's just that you there's a certain stage where it's like okay no this is a plan or no plan right like mm-hmm Definitely. But the ideas, the ideas are kicking around, and I'm curious, what 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 are the ideas kicking around for Harry Potter right now? Are they we're gonna make we're gonna get, make another go of this, or are they? Uh, yeah. I'm gonna call it. It's either gonna be a cursed child movie. That's like the easy one. Mm-hmm. Um, or we're just gonna get like a just a new a new story, and they'll have forced. Uh, JK rolling out a little bit and we'll just have a new writer writing some sort of Harry Potter school story. Yeah. That seems pretty plausible to me. I mean like like that that was sort of the vibe that I got when um there was like a earnings call or something like uh, several months ago. Um it might have been like last quarters or something where someone did ask about the JK Rowling thing and the new CEO was like we are having com- look forward to conversations with her on how to uh, f- further the franchise right and just incredibly vague corporate speak right yeah, yeah um and i would imagine that probably will shake out in like we are going to be making harry potter branded stuff forever you mm-hmm. know um but it's probably not going to be Fantastic Beasts. And if we are, if it is going to be something, it's probably not going to be like for a while at this point now. Right. Like right. With, with the, with the place the company's in with like trying to figure out a new strategy for everything and, uh, slashing and burning all its franchises. Right. Like I would imagine that anything that's getting off the ground at the moment is in like very, very early planning stages. So we might be free for, the foreseeable future you know great great i'm realizing right now that i i'm loving all this drama i loved i love to hear about the deals and the uh, <laughs> the wheeling and dealing that they've got going on there but um i don't like to watch movies so i think that might make me part of the money fandom Ooh, yeah i mean the, there there is kind of some fun business drama to it you know mm-hmm. like that's all like i i i have always enjoyed even though I have, like, zero skin in the game and I don't care about, like, any of, like, you know, one console over the other or anything. But I do I do like reading about the money moves that the, the, the you know, the big video game companies are making. Right, right. I'm always, you... I've always been, basically been obsessed with that for some stupid reason. Once you realize that, that like the free market is not like an objective like it's not just making good logical decisions about mm-hmm. everything you can just buy into the drama of it all yeah 
like and also i think once you accept that like nothing you can do individually can like make a difference like like you are if you are a fan of of <laughs> video games or movies or anything uh <laughs> and you like stare into the business abyss too long it's uh, you are either going to go mad um which is completely understandable uh or you can uh just learn to find it all incredibly funny like just just accept you're at the whims of fate and that like your favorite video games or whatever are just like at the mercy of some guy in an office who's like hmm today i think i will yeah you learn learn to love the drama i suppose what's the movie that got canceled bat bat girl yeah are people pretty sad about that I mean, I, 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 I'm sure that, I mean, the crazy part is that, like, yeah, of course there are people who are sad about it, but, like, like it's, like, it's the people who worked on it, right? And I think that's, like, the weird veil that's been pierced here mm-hmm. of just, like, you know, maybe this decision makes sense to someone in accounting or whatever, but, like, if you're someone who's, like, making a movie... A WV right now? Like, holy fuck. That's gotta be so scary, right? Like, oh, you can do that? You can just, like, cancel my movie when it's done? Okay. Wow, I feel great about that. Yeah, that's sort of sad. Yeah, so I think I think that's, like, where most of, like, the, the like, drama I've, I've, I've seen has been coming from, is from, like, other... Uh, you know, other directors, other, you know, critics and stuff, just being like, now, hang on a minute. Like, hold on. You just... <laughs> they should have just put him direct to... I, I almost said direct to DVD. Direct to, to Blu-ray. Yeah. Do they still do those? I Very rarely, but, like, that feels like it makes more sense. Or, or is at least, like, the... Like, I get... I get that streaming is fake and you don't actually make any money by putting stuff on streaming. I, I agree with that basic premise that I think has driven this whole thing. Mm-hmm. But I f- definitely feel like just canceling a finished movie is a bridge too far. And so, yeah, like doing it as physical or re- releasing it as like direct to VOD or something where you rent it on right. you know one time, that seems like maybe the better path like probably you probably wouldn't get as much as a theatrical release but you would get some i don't know it's i'm sure they did all the math on that but it's just like holy fuck what a what a pr disaster for this company yeah bizarre and uh, and a chilling outlook for harry potter in that like we haven't heard that it's been canceled yet so we might be subjected to more <laughs> Uh, yeah, that it, that's a little horror story right here at the top. <laughs> that's the that's the the secret chilling truth is that Harry Potter survives yet another another round of corporate drama. Just our little Halloween story Ooh. in August. They can't they can't cancel that nope. for us. Nope. No WB money here. Oh well. Very exciting stuff in the money fandom, but uh, I think we've got to talk about some vampires of a different stroke. Uh, What do you you say we get into our chapter for this week? Let's do it. So my chapter was called The Game. Hey, Um, so was mine. Hey! uh, So how should we do Twilight summary first here? Yeah, Uh, I think so. Okay. Uh, So this is the summary for The Game. 
Bella and Edward arrive at the Swan household prepared to meet Charlie and tell him they're an item, but Jacob and Billy Black are already there. Edward leaves to come back later, but not without kissing Bella goodbye, which seems to make Jacob grumpy. Charlie is not home, and while Billy is ostensibly visiting to drop off some fish fry for him, he also has some choice words for Bella about her choice of boyfriend. Bella, while rattled, stands firm in response to Billy's coded hints that it might be best to avoid getting involved with the Cullens. Eventually, Billy drops the pretense and straight up tells her that she should not be doing this. Billy and Jacob take their leave before Charlie gets home. When Charlie does arrive, Bella cooks dinner with the new fish fry and drops that Edward will be coming over soon. Charlie pieces things together and is dismayed at first before realizing that he's gotten Edward mixed up with the older, larger Emmett. When Edward arrives to pick Bella up for the baseball game, he charms Charlie easily. On the way to the game, Edward tells Bella they'll be traveling by vampire super speed. Bella is reticent at first, but Be- uh, Edward goes horny mode and convinces her. They argue a bit about who is more mad at the other, and it turns out neither of them are, so that's good. Uh, at the baseball game, Bella sits with Esme and chats with her until Alice announces that they are about to have unwanted guests. Wow. Yeah. Packed chapter this week. Yeah, seriously. I will After... go through mine pretty quickly, because okay. um, we're pretty much doing exactly the same thing with, mm-hmm. with one aside in my chapter. Um, Edward brings Bella home, um, but Billy and Jacob Black are there, and he pretends to drop her off and leave, but instead he goes to his usual tree, uh, and that's a quote, to sit in it and listen to their entire <laughs> conversation. Um, once Billy and Jacob Black leave, Edward then runs alongside the highway with their car and listens to their minds. Um, But he doesn't go all the way to their house because of the the mysterious treaty. Um, He runs into Rosalie on his way back um, to his house and talks her into playing at the baseball game. Um, And he also asks Emmett if he can borrow his Jeep to go pick up Bella. Um, He goes and picks up Bella, has the conversation that you sort of talked about with um, Bella's dad, um, where Edward meets him for the first time as Bella's boyfriend. Um, Edward and Bella have their romantic encounter before they go up to the baseball field. Um, They play baseball and Al- but Alice has a vision of some new vampires arriving. Um, the future is uncertain, but they probably just want to play baseball. And that's the end of my chapter. Hmm. Packed, packed with detail after last week's uh, chapter where they fucked around on the landing of a house for the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was nice to, it was nice to feel like, uh, I don't know, like... A shot in the arm for the plot this week. Um, uh, Stuff was happening. Characters are stating motivations. uh, uh, Things are moving forward again, finally. Um, Or at least, like... Like, forward is the wrong word, I guess, because, like... I I, I don't... I still don't know... Like, the book doesn't really have a sense of, like, what the core conflict is currently, but we're at least like getting making use of Bella and Edward as a couple, you know, like we have like Charlie, we have Jacob, we have uh, uh, the Cullens kind of all reacting to it and relationships are changing. So it, it at least feels like there's some, uh, some momentum again, which is, which is a relief. 
Yeah, I mean, to me, it feels like the core conflict, it's like the book is a little bit deluded into thinking that it's still a star-crossed lovers plot. So it keeps trying to make that the core conflict, um, Mm -hmm. as in, like, how can a vampire be with a human? But all of that's sort of resolved. But the the sort of saving grace here is that um, there has been some some other conflicts injected in and they are just yeah. completely out of left field, <laughs> but they are there, right? The yeah. stuff with uh, Billy and Jacob Black and then um, these new vampires coming to town. The The Billy scene is kind of awesome um, in my book. Uh, <laughs> at least like it has the, um, the like right cadence for the kind of scene it is, even if it's not really backed up by much, because whatever conflict exists between Billy and Edward or the or the Cullens in general, like I don't have a in Twilight at least so far a sense of like why that is. I know there's a treaty, and I know that Jacob made it like like technically broke it by speaking to bella at the beach but like i don't have a sense yet of like why is billy invested in this yet specifically Mm -hmm. but his behavior here at least shows me that he is invested for some reason um and that's exciting right like he is uh he kind of like gives her he he Billy gives Bella this like um almost like a, like a mobster movie coded threat here mm-hmm. that Bella is kind of too stupid to pick up on is <laughs> <laughs> kind of the the vibe this scene has but it, but like not in a like oh I think the 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 story is really dumb way I I mean that like legitimately I think that Bella is is just be, you know being given this 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 kind of threatening uh, uh, warning and just doesn't get, doesn't really get it doesn't really get the situation she's in right um, and and Billy has to like change tactics at the end I, I thought that that was like it, it was characterful and it was fun but and it was also just like it was cool to see Billy you know like laying it out there and then have being forced to sort of like. <laughs> inelegantly just say like okay no but i am telling you don't see him (laughs) like because he realizes that she doesn't get what's going on yeah um that stuff's fun um a a cool a cool tense scene the the noir noir twilight is back yeah yeah um in your book did you get the impression that he was warning her more about the treaty than he was um like just trying to tell her that he's a vampire I'm not positive about that because Bella Bella's only frame of reference for this stuff is that there is a treaty, right? Okay. Yeah. Um and I think that she takes it as a um a warning about the the treaty or at least she falls back on her knowledge of the treaty as her defense. Mm-hmm. Um because I think what Billy is trying to say, he is saying without spilling the beans that 
Edward is a vampire, right? right. Because otherwise he'd be breaking the treaty. Yep. Um, um, and Bella, either either because she knows that, or because she is thinking about it from from the perspective of like, well, how do I get this guy to stop bothering me about this? Right. Um, her response is basically like, well, it's not your business. And also they haven't broken any treaty as far as I know. Correct. And Billy is like, yep. (laughs) Um, So I, I think that Bella is sort of like basically like wading into politics. She has no understanding of, you Mm -hmm. know, Um, kind of willfully. And that's another element that I think is actually like kind of, intriguing about this scene right is that she is she is like kind of she's been handed sort of like a loaded gun here and i don't think she quite realizes that but she's like willing to wave it around like (laughs) in this scene um that's a that's a good perspective on that because i was pretty lukewarm on this scene um only because to me, it felt like it should have come way sooner when Bella was more uncertain about Edward because it sort of has that cadence of, like, the the warning almost, like, before, like, she shouldn't have even known that he was a vampire. And then I kind of, like, seesawed back and forth because I was like, mm. oh, it's kind of an interesting subversion that she's, it's that kind of, like, mysterious warning or, like, a clue that is given after the fact, but it, it fr- like from her character perspective, it is it is sort of interesting that she already knows while she's get, being given this warning. Yeah. Um, but on my end, I have this added layer of Edward being like, is he going to break the treaty? Also, Bella already knows I'm a vampire. Also, I'm reading Billy Black's mind. So it ends up feeling like, oh, well, this scene just feels like it should have happened way sooner. I, I actually got to say, I won't disagree with that at all. Like, I, I think that this is a good scene, and I think that it has a... I, I think that it is well-served by that, like, layer of drama where, where Bella already knows, right? Mm-hmm. But this is also... We are also, according to my... Um, my ebook, we are 70% of the way through the story. <laughs> Yeah, this is like the warning when she's still uncertain, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and we have also had like two scenes of Billy showing up ominously, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so like we probably could have gotten this earlier, right? I mean, like hell, we probably could have gotten, we probably could have had it both ways, right? Like like we probably could have had a clearer mysterious warning last time Billy showed up. 30 or 40 percent of the way through the book and then also had him reiterate it here to the same effect of of bella sort of like being more equipped or or so she thinks more equipped to deal with this warning than she was before Mm -hmm. i mean it's kind of bizarre right like she just went to the vampire lair and walked out again and so to have this warning show up like be careful of the collins it's like she was just there <laughs> yeah, and it's she was fine <laughs> well yeah i mean i mean if billy just wants to warn her because they're, they're the collins are a bunch of weirdos and like you should not go back their house is entirely painted white it's there's weird speakers in the walls Ooh, <laughs> It's not even he's listening to stereo audio on a 5.1 system. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No. Yeah. That, that, that I think would have been fine. I I, like, like definitely more 
appropriate than this, right? But I for what it for what it is for like what the interaction between Bella and Billy is in this scene, I do think is it it is at least a fun inversion on that like that kind of scene, right? Of like yeah. like you're getting the mysterious warning, but also you think that you know what it's about already, right? Mm-hmm. And and are like like her like she's standing up to Billy here. But she also clearly is like, like I think this is the best sense that we have gotten so far that like despite what she believes about the Collins and and Edward and whatnot, like she is in over her head now, right? Like like she is, um, like like it doesn't really matter that like she's not afraid of Edward being a vampire, right? It's like well, but you are like other people are involved in this conflict, right? Like you you are like forcibly like barging your way into a sort of like Romeo and Juliet situation rather than just like being like, like, or like into someone else's Romeo and Juliet situation. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, we've, we've got some Montagues and Capulets who have been feuding for other reasons for (laughs) centuries. It sounds (laughs) like, and she's just sort of like made herself a part of it. And that's, I think I think finally we're sort of like recalibrating the story's conflict to a point where it's like I at least get vaguely like what I'm supposed to be considering like the plot right now. Um, so that that was fun, I think. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Did Jacob um, do anything in yours? No, Jake. So so I was actually going to ask you about this because Jacob. I I think I could be misinterpreting this because he, he he barely appears in this scene. Um, he's there when Edward and Bella pull up, mm-hmm. and I think he's in a bad mood because he saw Edward and Bella kissing. Because 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 Edward gives okay okay because because it is it it is not entirely clear I don't think. Um, because it just refers to him being grumpy for, like, the rest of the chapter whenever he appears. But Bella has, like, zero thoughts on it. Like, 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 really not thinking about that situation at all. Um, but all he does is, um, like, help Billy get his wheelchair into the, uh, the swan house. Mm-hmm. Um... And then Billy asks him to go look for a photograph in the car. And then he just leaves the scene. And he comes back at the very end of the scene to say, I, can, I couldn't find the photograph in the car. And right. then they leave. Yeah. Um, I, I was hoping that you had more with Jacob or there was more going on there. Because obviously, I'm with Edward in the tree yeah. watching all of this, right? Or not watching, listening. Um, and the whole time I'm hearing... Jacob's internal monologue being like, ah, shucks, I think that she really liked that kiss, and I think she must be really into him, and just like I thought, she's not going to be into me, and it just goes on and on and on. Um, And then the other thing is that he realizes that Billy Black has sent him out to get a photograph that isn't there just to get him out of the way. And I was just Ah, like, I was sort of sad for him. I was like, that's it? Really? That is a shame. Yeah, and and I think part of the reason I had such a time trying to grasp, like, whether he was in a bad mood because of the kiss or not was because, like, 
I have not gotten... I'd gotten the impression that Jacob liked Bella, obviously. Mm-hmm. But the, 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 like impression of his character that i had gotten so far and like i know that this is like this was not to last just because i know vaguely where the team edward and jacob stuff ends up right but like i i'm surprised that his reaction was so like outwardly dour and Mm -hmm. not like doing a better job of hiding it or pretending not to care or maybe not caring and going like well that's okay. I'm. I'm going to. You know, I. I will. I. I. I have no problem. You know, swooping in on this, right? Like I, I was. I was surprised to see him so insecure. I guess was my, my read on that. Right. Um. Uh, but yeah, no, he doesn't do anything. I because w- I was. I was going to ask you like, what was the deal with the photograph thing? Like, like was there one? Was it a ploy? Was it? you know did did he have any interesting thoughts looking for it but it sounds like no (laughs) not really nope it just was was a i mean he was bummed out when he because he realizes that he was just sort of being moved out of the way Mm. um so he just kind of was a like a mopey sad sad dude in this chapter Hmm. I'm, i'm ready for the jacob boyfriend points yeah it's not coming yeah. together he just doesn't get to do anything he's he's really I, there there i i know that he is more of a like book two character overall yeah, definitely but i'm surprised at how little there is of him so far um especially because the first impression i got with him was i i really liked that first scene with him mm-hmm. um but ever since then he's just sort of like only shown up in the margins and not really done much and like i feel like i have much less of a grasp on his character than I thought I did from the first encounter with him. Uh-huh. Um, so that's a little surprising, I guess. It's, it's, it's not gone where, I've ex- where I expected it to go. Right. Um, I, let me find... Let me find the bit where... Uh, Edward, uh, or uh, excuse me, where Billy... Uh, 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 drops the act because I think it's like the best part of this chapter, um, and and I think it it like does a good job of of cementing Bella's character in this situation. Um, so they're arguing about the uh, the treaty, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh. He, uh, Billy keeps asking, you know, when's Charlie coming home? I wanted to see Charlie because I, 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 I assume he was trying to like wedge into this via Charlie, right? Like, like, like assuming assuming that if he could, if he could like put the seed of doubt in Charlie as well, like this wouldn't be a problem moving forward, perhaps. Yeah, yeah basically. Um, uh, Charlie likes the Cullens a lot, I hedged. He clearly understood my evasion. His expression was unhappy, but unsurprised. It's not my business, he said, but it may be Charlie's. Though it would be my business again, whether or not I think it's Charlie's business, right? I wondered if he even understood my confused question, which I, I love that insane roundabout <laughs> logic <laughs> Bella has there. <laughs> um... As I struggled not to say anything compromising, but he, he seemed to. He thought about it while the rain picked up against the roof, the only sound breaking the silence. Yes, he finally surrendered. I guess that's your business, too. I sighed with relief. Thanks, Billy. 
Just think about what you're doing, Bella, he urged. Okay, I agreed quickly. He frowned. What I meant to say was, don't do what you're doing. <laughs> like, this <laughs> idea that Bella is getting menaced <laughs> by by someone here and just doesn't get it is really funny to me. Like, yeah, yeah. He has to go like, no, okay, seriously, don't. Like, I, I'm worried that you don't understand the threatening tone that I am, I am putting down here. Right. Um, it's sort of interesting, because I, I get to hear Billy Black's thoughts, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's a lot more, like, black and white to what is act- like he's actually, like, doing, which is that he mm. sort of wants to break the treaty. He wants to tell Charlie that the Cullens are vampires. Um... He is, like, a little bit conflicted, but not because of breaking the treaty. He's worried that if he tells Charlie that there's vampires, that he will just alienate Charlie because that's crazy. Um, and in and during this conversation, Billy Black realizes that Bella knows that they are vampires. Okay. Okay. I See, I wasn't sure whether... Like, like Bella, Bella is being very cagey, but she clearly knows that she can't, like, fully blow the deal, right? Like, mm-hmm. and so she's she's consciously avoiding that. But that's okay. So, so him him realizing is is interesting. Yeah. Um. Honestly, my my main takeaway hearing that is like, damn, I wish we got to see more of Billy and Charlie. Like, because yeah. their relationship is very important to each other, it seems. Like, I, you know, they hang out and watch baseball. There was the, um, there was the implication last time Billy came over that it had been sort of like a while since they had last hung out. Because I, did, does, does Billy, like, refer to that in his thoughts at all? With the, no, when Edward's listening? I mean, okay. During this, says, Charlie wouldn't believe me anyway, I can't alienate him again. So I guess, right. yes, is okay. that's sort of hearkening back to him clearly having tried to tell Charlie about the werewolves and vampires, and that did not go over very well. Right. So he really wants, he's, <laughs> he loves to break the treaty, is what I'm kind of getting. <laughs> Billy, Billy wants to break the treaty so fucking bad. It's which, not working. Like, <laughs> no one no, no one will listen to him. Which, that is honestly, again, similar to the Carlisle stuff. I'm just like, wow, this is a fascinating character I want to know more about. It sounds like he has a really interesting deal. <laughs> like, this guy has this treaty that he's like sworn to uphold he's like eh, no i think it's time to maybe tell my friend that there's fucking vampires and werewolves out here like that's cool as fuck swore um, to secrecy but no one believes your secret that yeah. you just keep trying to break over and over again yeah that's fucking cool that's like <laughs> a really good premise and i like i like their i like this sort of like old guy friendship they have you know like like it's sweet i like these guys i want to know more about them Um, i mean isn't that isn't that such a shame that like this isn't one of the conflicts that like charlie's Mm -hmm. like friend keeps telling telling him that you know his daughter's boyfriend is a vampire right like that's (laughs) right that's hilarious yeah i like that that would be 
I don't know. Like there, there's, 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 there's a lot going on there, or there, there could be a lot going on here with these. Like, I, I'm almost like Stephanie Meyer. Now that I think about it, just like thinking about this book and thinking about all the conflicts we've said, like, are like, wow, that sounds really cool. Actually, I wish it was focused on more. It seems like Stephanie Meyer has a really good grasp on like what causes drama, if that makes sense, mm-hmm. right? And wants but, to avoid it at all costs. <laughs> I like wants to avoid it at all costs, but but I think more critically here, like has a, a, a an interesting perspective on writing it in the alluding to it existing is enough. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, like knowing that this character has drama going on is enough and it doesn't need to interact with anyone else's you know what i mean like like it's so close to being really good but these these like great conflicts that are being described here are sort of like all happening in their own little pocket and never like rubbing up against each other or being focused on they are just like fun little details that you read like in an appendix basically that like brings some color to the story but the problem is is that the story is kind of in desperate need of some color here like like just generally because we, right. we not much is going on no no it's not especially when you have stuff like where like the the, the biggest action that happens in this conversation is <laughs> Billy sends Jacob out of the house to find a fake photo. <laughs> like, we're <laughs> making shit up to get characters out of rooms <laughs> rather than have drama happen. <laughs> Rosalie like, is processing right now. <laughs> Rosalie is processing right now. She's being very mature about it. I don't want that. Oh, yeah. Um I'd love to hear a little more about Edward's uh tree excursion here. Like what like cuz he can't read Bella's mind, but he can read Billy's and Jacob's and is he not going like nuts realizing how Jacob is jealous? Like what is this not like a big deal for him? No, he doesn't care at all. What? <laughs> Mike Newton is a bigger threat to him than Jacob. Jacob, I, I I think this must be like a byproduct of like respecting Team Jacob in retrospect right. too much mm. because because Edward is like fine with it, but like in a really condescending way. Like um, he just thinks that Jacob is pure of heart, so it's fine, and he does he's not competition, so it's fine, basically. Huh. Again, a, an example of a character being mature to the detriment of any drama happening. Right. This is a really unfortunate situation the book finds itself in. Like, you have a new character, or excuse me, a new book from the perspective of an existing character who their whole story is, like, complete and out there. But they have the power to read minds. Uh, and so any, any like startling revelation they could have can't be big enough to change the story that we already know. So the most you can get, I guess, is like characters sort of behaving surprisingly and Edward going, huh, well, not my problem. And then like 
moving on. Right, right. It's, I mean, I don't think that he, one, I think that having, like, the competing love interests have a conflict is just good for a love triangle story. Like, that seems obvious to me. Yeah. But but somewhere in here, it just, it's, like, not allowed because, um, because it's from Edward's perspective, but I, but I think because she's, I think she thinks that if he was to be too critical of Jacob, that that would be like author voice is kind of the impression. Obviously, like complete speculation here, but that's my that's my my drama suspicion. <laughs> now that 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 makes sense. Um, I'm more curious about him running alongside the car and picking up that conversation what happens there that's that's all new content to me oh my god it's so boring so um i mean the funniest part about it is literally that edward is so fast that he is running 60 miles per hour next to next to billy black and jacob on the highway right like Um, like just the image is really really funny it's just hilarious did you as uh, a kid did you ever like on the on the freeway do the thing where you like looked out the window and just like imagined like a creature running and jumping over like that's what edward Edward, he's doing that (laughs) it's so unsexy to me He's supposed to be the he's supposed to be the sexy boyfriend, but he's the he's the uh, the the running creature as you're like a kid in the car. Terrible. Exactly. It's so it's such a funny image, but he like doesn't pick anything interesting up from this conversation. Like, there's no nothing juicy. I mean, it it, it is funny from a reading it perspective because. So the the reason that Edward is doing this, the reason he was in the tree and the reason that he is running alongside their car on the highway, uh, the pretense is that he needs to make sure that the treaty isn't broken so that he can report back to Carlisle about what they're doing. Um, however, what actually happens here is that Edward remembers a memory because Billy is having the same memory Um, And it's all in italics because it's all something, it's a flashback that Billy is having in that moment. So I get a internal monologue of a flashback that Billy is having next to Edward, who is running on the highway. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So like, that's the funniest part is just the framing of the whole thing. But the actual flashback is very boring. And I can't. This is one of those things that I feel like must be in here for the fans. And my second question is, like, is this what the fans want? Because it is pure exposition that before the Cullens moved to Forks, Carlisle called Billy Black on the phone and was like, hey, this is Carlisle Cullen. And Billy Black was like, oh, my God, it's the vampires. And Carlisle says, yes, it is us. We will not hurt you, but we're moving to Forks. And Billy Black is like, how many of, of you are there? And Carlisle says, there are seven of us now. And then Billy Black is like, oh, my God, there's seven vampires moving to town. And that's it. <laughs> oh, again, another situation where I'm like, wow, that sounds really cool. There's maybe some drama there. If there was if the story was anything to do with that 
it could be really interesting. <laughs> but because it's just a phone call that you are getting a flashback of between two characters who don't really matter to the plot, really. They're just there to, like, exposit. It's just... The, I get, yeah, I guess it's just fluff. It's, like, it's it's fluff for me, right? In that, like, I like Billy as a character, so of course I want to hear his phone call with Carlisle. But, like, it's not doing anything. What's it there for? What, like, what? Why, why do we need a second book for this? Right, and I'll give it some credit. Like, hearing Billy Black on the phone with Carlisle and knowing that Carlisle is his special power is being the like nicest dude on earth or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then having Billy Black's reaction is like this horrible demonic monster is calling me is interesting. Yeah. There's some, yeah. there's some sort of fun drama. And it sort of makes you feel bad for Carlisle too. Cause you're like, this is the, this is the nicest guy on earth. And he's just sort of being treated badly, but he's taking the high road. Cause he's, like a nice, nice vampire guy, um, mm -hmm. but it's just nothing is really going on here, right? Yeah, yeah. Like I, I would love a detailed story about that whole conversation and like that whole conflict happening, right? Mm -hmm. Like the Cullens coming to town is like. It just in general, that is such a juicy idea with the with like the loose vampire lore framework they've got set up here and the concept of the treaty and whatnot. But actually, the more that I think about it, maybe that's for the best because everything else surrounding like the Kralute stuff is so fucking poorly handled that maybe I don't want that actually. I mean, yeah, because that, that's the thing, right? Is that like in the moment you have these these I'm like, oh, this is cool. This is like. Vampire werewolf treaty stuff, like uh, some sort of politicking and all of that. Um, and then you remember that the the factions that are opposed are a real life tribe of living people. Yes. And vampires, right? Like that. I'm like, that's not good. And in my book, I feel like I think that she's trying really hard to be like more respectful, but it ends up just feeling like that's some heavy baggage that Twilight has. If you are returning to the story, like, I suppose you might consider it an opportunity to, like, do right by something that you fucked up the first time. But it's not a new story. It's the same story again. So, like, <laughs> right. the underpinning problem, you can't, she's not, like, changing that. She can't change that if she's, if she's going in and rewriting Twilight, right? Because that is, you know... For as much as I am enjoying a lot of Twilight, I think that, that is like maybe the the biggest inherent problem with it is that the conflict between the vampires and the werewolves is just like inherently kind of fucked up. Right. It's just not something that can be fixed with one one change to one spin-off novel that you are also getting all the money from. Right. So. Exactly. Any any uh, any spiritual change that you make to that uh, still benefits Stephanie Meyer materially, and not anyone that was affected the first go around. Right, right. If she took these criticisms seriously, I think she might let this one lie and write something new. You know? Yeah, and and maybe I'm reading too much into even feeling like it's it's trying to be an apology, but this book has felt that way this whole time. So it's yes. hard not to read that into it, right? Oh, An yeah. Apology totally. to the criticisms. And not apologizing 
well enough for the stuff that actually really matters yes. about Twilight. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So nothing juicy on the car ride other than... Uh, no, just the running by the highway is pretty much the, the funniest part. <laughs> oh, lovely. Thank, thank you so much, Stephanie. <laughs> so, Charlie comes home. Um, and Bella breaks the news to him. I assume at this point, Edward is uh, running on the freeway the other direction back, I guess. He's so fast. He has had a chance to borrow Emmett's car um, and see him watching four different baseball games on four screens, <laughs> as well as talking Rosalie into attending the baseball game. But those are the two events that happen during oh my all God. of this. Okay, so so let's 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 make sure we get to all of this then. Sure. <laughs> okay, so Emmett is watching four baseball games, and Edward borrows his car. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> there is no way. <laughs> Can I share a, a maybe completely unhinged opinion? Yes. Always. I don't think super speed is cool. <laughs> like I agree. I to- I am totally on board with this. Like, Please can continue. I, can, I, can I yeah, l- let me let me give my like completely nuts reason for this. Sure. Um this has been something that has like plagued me with like video games and 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 and, and movies and stuff forever. Um, what I think is cool is, like, momentum, if that makes sense. In that, like, when a guy or, like, a car is going super fast in a movie, I think it's cool watching the car... Like, if I'm watching a James Bond car chase, right? The cool thing is seeing the car as a physical object, like like going too fast and like bouncing into stuff or bouncing off of stuff or nearly missing stuff or like the tires squealing while it's while it's turning mm-hmm. right and like like the idea that like going this fast is like a struggle right and it's like you shouldn't be doing this yeah um it's likewise with like a any sort of like foot chase in like a spy movie or an action movie or something, right? I want to see guys like crashing through stuff and like jumping through windows and like yeah, you're like, knocking over the fruit cart and you're yes, yeah. exactly. I'm I'm there for the I'm there for like the kinetic like chaos of it, not mm-hmm. like the speed and like characters like the Flash or whatever and Superman. Like I like Superman, right? But like if I was to say what my favorite aspects of superman were i think moving really fast sometimes is pretty low because laser eyes (laughs) laser eyes are fucking cool um but it's like i i have this real problem with with like looking at something moving incredibly quickly with no regards for like momentum or inertia or whatever and just like starting and stopping very quickly is just like not badass to me not cool to me um and so like the characters like when the vampire diaries characters like blink across the screen it's just like <laughs> comedy to me right yeah, like, that's, it is. that's not like a cool sexy thing they're doing it's just really funny because all i can think of is like roadrunner where the joke is that it's really funny that he stops and starts really quickly right yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so uh, imagining edward who is supposed to be the coolest, sexiest vampire. He's like a statue. He's so handsome. And he's so, like, 
mature and 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 stoic and put together, right? And then you think about him, like what he must look like running eighty miles an hour or whatever, is <laughs> like the the illusion is just shattered to me, right? Like it's I like I know that this is a completely arbitrary opinion. Like this, there's just no. I, I have no, like, justification for this. This is just a personal taste thing. But, like, like guys moving very quickly is just... That, to me, that's jokes. That's not, like, a cool guy thing. That's a funny thing. Like, I, I just can't get over how much that's happening in this book. I completely agree with you. I have no, like, theory behind it. And I like your theory. But it all it does read like comedy and so like when you're watching something like the vampire diaries it is constantly at odds with itself especially in the scenes where like one of the vampires whooshes really fast and it's not cool because that's like not <laughs> cool not sexy but then they have like a human heart in their hand because they just ripped someone's heart out at super spirit speed and like that's cool and sexy that's pretty cool yeah but it's like it cancels it out a little bit <laughs> Yeah, it's just the 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 moving very quickly, impossibly, and like stopping really quickly stuff. Like it just it is never like Quicksilver was always my least favorite X Man. You know what I mean? Like it's just like it's not it, it it's never an exciting power to me. I I I'm not going fast is cool, but the thing that makes fast going cool is that it's like you could crash at any moment, right? Or like you're yep. going to be knocking shit over. Not it's 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 the the consequences of going fast are cool to me. The right. fact that a guy can can go fast and he just uses it to like Star Trek transport basically around the story. Like like he uses it like fast travel. They, they, and like just imagining fast travel is not sexy to me. Okay, okay, but wait. So the the Twilight vampires obviously like are not traditional vampires, right? right. So I'm I'm not not putting this forth as like a vampire power or something that feels like especially vampiric. But if Edward could teleport, like if he blinked across the room, but it was a true teleport, is that cool and sexy? That would be cooler. If he like disappeared in like a little blood pool and then like re- reformed somewhere else, I think that would be cool. Okay. Like I I I being able to move quickly is pretty cool. The fact that he could be anywhere at once, right? And like that that's that's what makes it fun for like Superman, right? Is it's like I don't care about him running really fast, but I do care that he can like appear behind someone at a at a cool moment, right? right. Like that's cool. Yes. Um I don't know. Something something about like Edward moving like Sonic the Hedgehog to me is really funny. <laughs> like, yeah, it's you're right. It's not it's not cool or sexy. I completely agree with that. <laughs> Just this this is a, an opinion that is up there with being like as unreasonable as my like I don't like it when um, two characters of different art styles are in the same thing. No, uh, this is more correct than that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I believe in this one. Yeah, <laughs> I, I appreciate the support. I'm glad that I'm glad that you understand what I mean. But. I think it has something to do with like the cool or what they are trying to be. The coolness that they're going for is like an unaffected cool. Like there's nothing. Right. There's nothing cooler than being completely unaffected. Mm-hmm. And, and one is not unaffected if they are running sixty miles per hour. Exactly. You just aren't. 
it's it's it, you are the 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 image of the vampire as being or and like and especially Edward as a character in this, not just like vampires broadly, but like Edward is is I think playing on these exact same like tropes, right? Is that like they're they're dashing, they are composed, and they are always above it all, right? Mm-hmm. And I, you, yeah, like you say, I think I, I think you look a lot less above it all if you are sprinting at ninety miles an hour. <laughs> it's it's an, it's not cool, um, uh, but uh, yeah. So there, there's my soapbox. I'm, yep. I'm putting I'm our glad. shitcast stamp on that one. <laughs> um. Uh. So how does how does Rosalie get convinced? Um, she's like, no, I'm not going to do it. And then he's like, for me, you don't have to be nice. It means a lot to me. And then she says, okay. <laughs> oh, okay. So again, they're just being mature adults at each other and the problem solved. Yep, basically. This, this, this is actually a really illustrative, um, situation in that, like, you know how whenever there's, like, drama in a story, you're always going to get someone going, like, uh, there wouldn't be a story if the characters would just go to therapy or, yeah. or if they would just talk to each other. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. Here's a great example of how fucking boring that would be. Yep. Yep. Here we are. <laughs> Here we are. Rosalie is a non-character because of this. Yep. Um, okay. So so Edward is is now on his way back after fast traveling and completing a couple side quests. Um, uh, I, I like the scene of Charlie getting the news in, uh, in Twilight. Yeah, it's cute. Charlie and Bella's relationship is, is, is just really fun to read. Um, but I especially, <laughs> I love Charlie, but he is, he is not, um, beating the, uh, dumbest guy in the book allegations that I have. <laughs> that I have been uh, leveling at him. He is, uh, <laughs> he thought that Edward was Emmett, it sounds like, was, right. the, was the thing here, um, which is a very funny scene. Uh, and uh, I, I don't know. I, 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 I he, <laughs> he has just such a good, we, we've talked about this before, we don't need to get into it like super in depth again, but just like, I appreciate how, um, the the parental relationship between Bella and Renee and um Charlie is right yeah. where it's just like it is, it is just very real. Um, mm-hmm. and not not a uh idealized parent child relationship, but also not like a not like a really negative one either. It's 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 cute. Yeah, it's sort of funny that um, that can feel so grounded and Edward's relationship with his family is so fantastical, idealized. Yeah, I think that honestly, honestly, thinking it through that framework makes me appreciate the Cullen stuff a little bit more, I've got to say. Not hearing you say that, like, like that, because like... Bella has not seemed to, like, yearn for anything more with, like, her family, honestly. Uh Like, she, if anything, she, uh, like, is happiest this way, right? Like, maybe she would feel differently if she had grown up differently, but where she is now 
it, it, like it, you know she she's she has made peace with this relationship she has with them mm-hmm. um she like emails her mom she like cooks for her dad occasionally and like like sort of has a friendly relationship with him and then going to the Collins and seeing that it is this like complete Stepford nightmare <laughs> is like <laughs> yeah like that's that's fitting in a way right like she sees she sees like the perfect family and maybe it was meant to feel that weird Probably not. Probably but not. I like I, it. I like that, right? <laughs> but if I think about it that way, I'm like, yeah, that's interesting. Like the the Cullens are the Cullen, or or rather, it's it's interesting to think about how the Cullens are like a they're a family out of um, necessity because they're like in hiding, right? And like this is the dynamic that they have landed on for like pretending to be a human family, right? Right. right. And that, I think, is is very interesting that, like, we have the quote-unquote real relationship between Bella and her parents, and then we have, like, the very stagey, fake, weird relationship with Edward. Uh, and, and I think that we are meant to look at the Cullens and go, like, wow, <laughs> I wish that were me, right? But <laughs> I super don't. <laughs> um, no, no. Um... Uh, and then uh, Charlie and Edward hit it off in in uh, when they finally meet too. It's Edward cute. Edward turns on the charm, but the respectful, the respectful charm. Edward is so respectful. He's uh, <laughs> he's <laughs> he's earned some boyfriend points here. I think definitely. Um, uh, at least at least for the dad stuff. Maybe losing some stuff elsewhere. But uh, I don't know. This this scene reads. Similar to, to like the Bella and um, uh, Charlie conversations, it's like Bella has been building this conversation up in her head for like several chapters of how much she doesn't want this, and then it turns out that they just like hit it off immediately, and it's fine. Yeah. yeah. Um, and Edward's like cheating a little bit because he, again, he has the vampire powers, but like, it's it's a great case of like very relatable to like have this thing you're worried about be over with in like two minutes and also nowhere near as bad as you thought it was going to be right like that's <laughs> a fun a fun little moment for bella i think uh it sure sounds like twilight at least for however good or bad it is it has like a reason for existing whereas midnight sun doesn't so like obviously edward had no he's a vampire so he didn't care about this conversation at all um and (laughs) so he just goes in he's like i used my vampire powers to be very respectful and charming uh and that's it kind of yeah yeah it's you almost lose something with the midnight sun version honestly yeah like it's there's no tension because it's like edward goes into it knowing he's gonna ace it and he's like (laughs) older and better and cooler in every way so it's fine yeah i mean it it makes it certainly makes the moment where um they connect because charlie like charlie starts the conversation off by saying like oh i hear that you're getting my girl interested in watching baseball which is really like, of course, that's the thing he like leans on immediately, right? Is like ah, sports. Um, uh, but like, knowing that Edward is a baseball nerd might have carried that. I think, but might might have been a nice like 
moment of like a, a thing that was fleshed out earlier in Midnight Sun paying off here, right? Where he, mm-hmm. he just gets to like talk stats or teams or whatever with with uh, Charlie. But it sounds like instead he's just in like vampire social powers mode, right? Which is like, oh, that's too bad. Like, I wish I wish I hadn't known that. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's like, it's not fun from the vampire's perspective, I suppose, because it's just like, it's it's kind of fun when you're from any other perspective than the guy who has, like, no worries or concerns about the situation <laughs> and is just going to, like, ace it, no problem. Yeah. And even if he doesn't, he's, like, a 109-year-old vampire, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> What's the worst that could happen to him here, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's too bad, because, like, the... I don't know, again, maybe this is just me being the Charlie stan, but, like, Edward and Charlie connecting over baseball, I'm like, yeah, I want to see... I want to see Edward getting way too into talking baseball with Charlie and, like, accidentally letting slip, like, oh, yeah, I saw... I saw Babe Ruth play or something, right? Right, yeah. I I oftentimes (laughs) wish for stuff like that because Midnight Sun has nothing else going on. And it sounds like yours was carried a little bit by Bella having all of these like emotional reactions to it and being nervous and all, all this stuff. And Edward has none of that going on. So it makes me want the conversation to be more interesting. Like... I want him to find, like, a real connection with Charlie somehow instead of just being vampire social powers guy. Um, But it it necessarily can't because that conversation didn't happen in Twilight. Although, obviously, Twilight has done, like, it has, Midnight Sun has done that a few times, like, with um, uh, Edward and Bella talking about, like, the books that, Mm -hmm. um, that Bella has read. Um, like Joe Walton's yeah. Tooth and Claw. So this would have been like a great opportunity to have like Charlie and Edward have a longer conversation about baseball or something. Yeah, it's really interesting what priorities Stephanie Meyer seemed to have with like what what was like okay for her to change and what couldn't, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like because it's like I, I guess I guess if you change one thing, you um you sort of like open the floodgates, right? Yeah. And and it's like, well, and if I change one thing, I could just change everything, and then I would just have a different novel. So like, I get it to some degree, but just changing a few lines of dialogue so like you can plug your favorite novel <laughs> and like list a few bands that you like is really weird. <laughs> like, yeah. Even then, though, I think the real answer is that even in those scenes, I think that there was like a throwaway line in Twilight saying, like, we talked about music we liked, or we talked about X, Y, and Z. That's true. Midnight Sun got to fill that in. And I, I would bet there's nothing like that in this chapter. So she's probably like, well, can't add anything here. That, yeah, that, that would track, I think. That makes sense. What a There's no, what a way no to write a wiggle novel. room at all. <laughs> really fascinating stuff. This just feels like an amazing case study and how much it fucking matters that you have your like characters nailed down. Yeah. I've kind of I've kind of lost tortured Edward. Like because mm. all of that is a little bit resolved, right? There's this point that happens and it's it's the meadow scene where he kind of overcomes his had, like had the depths of the horrors that he was experiencing and yeah. constantly going on about because he's he's 
he's gone through the meadow, he's through the the prophecy and all this, and he can kind of tolerate being around Bella without feeling this like primal hunger, right? Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And he gets a little bit of that back in in this chapter that we'll talk about, where they have their little romantic. Uh, uh, Edward goes horny style and then kind of like, <laughs> is like, oh, I, like, you're going to be the death of me, Bella, or whatever. So he has a little bit of that. But um, after the meadow, I have lost tortured Edward. And now there's just a vacuum left behind. Right. Yeah. There, there, you, you, you honestly gain so much with some characters from not knowing what they're thinking, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. Like knowing what a character is thinking does not um- automatically make them deeper or like more dimensional, right? It's like you can really lock yourself in in a way where it, it might be better to just have them, you know, act act and and let the reader infer what they might be thinking and why. It's it's much richer that way a lot of the time. Yeah, yeah, it, he just feels even more of like, because now it's like, I don't have all of that. And I'm not saying I miss it, because that typically just added word count for me. <laughs> um, but I feel like someone else is just telling me the plot of Twilight, but it just happens to be Edward. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah, let's talk about that, that voyage to the baseball field. Yeah. Um, what was going on there? What's 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 up with this whole whole bit? Um, it's a romance novel, I suppose. Yeah, it's all of a sudden. All of a sudden, we're back to we're back to like pre meadow romance style stuff. Honestly, yeah. Um, it's weird because like it's I I, I can't tell whether I like this or not. I guess is where I'm at because. It's it feels entirely out of nowhere and sort of like incongruous with the relationship that I thought was established by now that they're like more comfortable around each other finally. Um but I do like that this completely insane horny romance novel scene um is happening because Bella is complaining about a mode of transport. <laughs> also this is the um, second or third really intense, like, kiss scene they've had, like, next to a car. They love to do this next to the car. <laughs> Edward's gotta, like, find other places to make a cool romantic move, I think. He's got yeah. one move. <laughs> this is just a horny scene. <laughs> they're arguing about whether or not they're gonna drive or walk, which is really <laughs> unsexy conversation. Uh, but he is, he's, like, asking her sexy questions and, and kissing her neck and stuff. And it's, ooh, it's, it's very, he's, he's overcommitting to this bit, I think, perhaps. Perhaps. Um, he really went for it here. What's he thinking here? Nothing. This is exactly <laughs> what I'm talking about, where all of a sudden his thoughts and feelings drop out of the story. Because oh. it's like... I I think my theory is that it's too uncomfortable to write. <laughs> she does. So, so Stephanie Meyer loves writing characters on the receiving end of this like vaguely threatening sexuality, 
but can't write the delivering end of it, it seems like. And that's fine, but she didn't have to write this. <laughs> she didn't have to write the book. Nobody made her write this. <laughs> and, and, like, it just, it immediately just goes to the facts of the situation, right? Mm-hmm. There's no, there's nothing of him. And, and he observes her reactions and is like, oh, yeah, she looked stunned or whatever, but nothing about what he's feeling, right? Huh. So. Okay. That's, that's so weird. That's so fascinating. Because, yeah, I mean, like, what happens in my book is incredibly detailed. Like, she, you know, he's asking, like, would I, would I ever let you get hit by a tree? Also, very unsexy questions for this sexy, husky <laughs> talk he's doing here. But it's, it's like, oh, would I ever, would I ever let you get hit by a tree? Would I ever, would, would I ever make you look like a jackass stunt on accident? No. <laughs> no, I would never. I'm kissing you very sexy style. Like, it's just really, it's really not very uh, romantic, honestly. Um, but uh, knowing that knowing that Midnight Sun doesn't even attempt to, like, oh, have him, have him think about Bella as the object of his desire or anything like that in this scene is very funny. Nope, yep, it's all facts. It's I I brushed my lips up the side of her face, then softly kissed first one eyelid and then the next. But again, it is just actions, not not him being turned on right. by this at all. Wow. And then and then he gets mad also. Like this this whole scene is like what <laughs> like who why what why did you do that then, man? Because he get, he gets really mad and he's like, Oh, you're going to be the death of me, Bella. Another another very uh pulled right out of whatever uh uh Bronte novel, you know, <laughs> uh, Stephanie Meyer was reading at the time. And then it turns out that um well actually he's not mad at her. And also, she's not mad at him. They're just sort of mad ambiently, I guess, with not each other. And then they decide to finally move on to go to the baseball field. Very weird scene. Um, mine has a little bit of an abstinence porn lesson here at the end. Oh. Because it's all because he was, like, horny for the first time. But then his, um, like, base instincts set in. But it is the vampire base instincts. And he oh. had to, like had to like fuck off because he was gonna he was gonna bite her or something. Okay, well he was the one asking would I ever bump you into a tree branch in a really funny way. Right. So. Yeah. <laughs> like your your fault, Edward, entirely. Uh you're hmm. That's uh that's interesting. Also, knowing that this is all happening, like, I know that they're very far away because Edward is about to run super speed, but the fact that this is all, like, if, if you're considering what this scene is probably pulling from, from other movies or, or, or books or whatever Stephanie Meyer was inspired by, right? It's like, this is them having a, like, a little sexy aside before walking into, like, the dinner party or whatever, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's just like like I, I know I know the, the the archetype of the scene that is happening here. And it feels it feels too transparently that to like ever get off the ground, I guess. Mm-hmm. Because because it is just so arbitrary. Like, oh well he okay, so he's mad that he nearly went horny mode, but well, 
but he initiated this, so why is he mad? And, and then why is she mad? But not at him. She's just sort of mad. Or she's mad, maybe, that he's mad? Just, just really, like... The characters are behaving this way because that's how characters in these scenes behave. Yeah. But not for any reason to do with the story of, like, what's happening. Right. God. They were fu- there was so much fucking around in this chapter before we get to baseball. Uh, yeah, there sure was. I, I was like, I was like cracking open this chapter the other day. Like, all right, time for the baseball. They really make you work for it. But they finally, finally make it to where they play baseball after this scene. Um, how was that for you? Like the journey or the baseball? The baseball. The baseball was unremarkable. Um, I've got to say, compared. So here's here's my here's my little my little cheater secret. I have seen the movie version of the baseball scene many times mm-hmm. um, because it's hilarious. Uh, and I was expecting some of that energy to be present in the book. And, and it's not. The baseball is just sort of like happening in the background. But I will say, Esme is the MVP of this chapter for just saying the most insane thing a character has ever said to anyone. <laughs> Incredible conversation with Esme. Okay, detail that for me, because I am not sure which bits I got and which I didn't. Okay, uh, let me, I highlighted this whole thing, because Esme's scene is unbelievable. Uh, you sound like my mom, I laughed, surprised. She laughed too. Well, I do think of them as my children in most ways. I never could get over my mothering instincts. Did Edward tell you I had lost a child? <laughs> No, I murmured, stunned, (laughs) scrambling to understand what lifetime she was remembering. Yes, my first and only baby. He died just a few days after he was born. The poor tiny thing, she sighed. It broke my heart. That's why I jumped off a cliff, you know, she added, matter-of-factly. Esme! (laughs) This is so fucking funny! I didn't get any of this. What? They took this out? Okay. Edward, like, says, like, oh, I heard uh, Bella and Esme talking about Esme's, like, loss or something like that. (laughs) But not, I didn't get the actual conversation. I love this so much. And I, I am so curious what the intended read here is supposed to be. Because knowing how, I guess, like, unsarcastic this book is most of the time, um, I, I feel like this is maybe meant to be, like, a genuine moment, right? But to me, it's just, like, Esme, like, shaking hands with someone and going, like, hey, did you know my kid died? Also, I jumped off a cliff. It's just <laughs> so <laughs> demented. <laughs> in a way that's like really fun for a van like like imagine you're like a vampire and you've like met your first new friend basically for like however many hundreds of years um who like knows you're a vampire and you just start like just like completely dumping all of your baggage on them whenever <laughs> you get a chance i like th- there's there's a version of this where like this is entirely intentional and 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 esme is just this character who overshares way too much because she just has no actual um 
like calibration on like what's appropriate to talk to like new people about is really fun but i think maybe i'm supposed to read this and go like oh wow poor esme this is i'm so glad she's opening up to bella here yeah, I feel like it's supposed to be a touching moment. I mean, th- I didn't get the actual conversation, but like, I have a lot of Edward being like, oh, this is really great that Esme just wants Bella to know her and, and all like, this is going to be a beautiful relationship type stuff. So I think that that's really <laughs> what we're supposed to get from that. That is so funny, because this is literally the first thing that Esme says. Like, they, <laughs> it's, they, they meet Esme's like, oh, like, uh, oh, it's, it starts with Bella asking like, oh, you don't play baseball? And she says, no, I prefer to referee. Uh, did you know that I, I lost a kid? <laughs> like, it's just so. Oh my God. That is the whole conversation. And then like, she just sidles up to be the umpire, like... It's so bizarre. I loved it. I, I, like I said, Esme MVP, probably not intended this way, but I just love the idea of this, like, this beautiful, smiling... I mean, like, it describes... She's described as, like, an ingenue, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you, just, you you walk up to this woman who's, like, dressed like Marilyn Monroe, and she has, like, a, a like a you know, huge grin on her face, and she's like, I jumped off a cliff, did you know <laughs> It's just such a great image. There is a horror story in here somewhere. Right, definitely. yeah. It's not trying to be one, but this the the vampire family, like Stepford family horror story, yeah. it's so close. Yeah, it's just like the, the, the fascinating thing this could have been of the vampire family just like succeeding at being a really rancid portrait of a family would be really cool right yeah yeah um um but uh no instead instead i guess esme is just like (laughs) oversharing like in a way where we're supposed to be like oh how sweet what a beautiful conversation a beautiful story what a what a the second time they've spoken to each other like holy shit that's where Edward gets his dating moves. Oh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, the actual baseball itself just doesn't. Not much happens. I think. I think really the 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 main. Uh, excuse me. The main detail of it is that um, Bella hears how hard the ball getting hit by the bat sounds and goes like, "Oh, I guess that's why they play during thunderstorms." Um, but. Uh, I was I was expecting a lot more detailed like game thing here, and maybe I'm maybe maybe I'm I'm glad I didn't get what I wished for because I, I certainly didn't need like a Quidditch chapter in here. That's the last thing Twilight needed, but I was I was surprised. Well, guess who got the Quidditch chapter? Oh no! It How's was my... me. <laughs> you I'm got gonna... the Quidditch chapter. I did, and I'm going to confess to a cardinal sin of podcasting. Okay, I skimmed. <laughs> I skimmed. I had I had I had one assignment and it was to read this chapter for the podcast and I I confessed to skimming because I got um somewhere oh between my. six and ten pages of play by play baseball. Oh my god. Emmett hit god. it to first base and Jasper like ran to catch the ball and Carlisle bunted the ball, but Alice saw the future to see the ball. Edward climbed a tree to catch the ball. And -and so-and-so went to 
to the outfield and just endless, endless, horrible <laughs> play-by-play baseball. I skimmed. Oh. <laughs> If if I had if if I play you the the, the Higurashi Club game music, <laughs> would you be able to read it? Would that make it work better? Uh, just... Maybe, maybe I have read all of that. I have I have read the uh, Rika playing the magnet <laughs> fish game. <laughs> maybe that'd help. Jasper wasn't planning to see how fast I could run. He knew he couldn't hit it as far as Emmett. Instead, he caught Alice's pitch off the end of the bat, driving the, driving the ball close enough to Carlisle that it was obvious he would need to be the one to chase it. Carlisle dashed right to scoop it up, then raced Jasper to first base. It was very close, but Jasper's left foot connected with the base just before Carlisle connected <laughs> with him. Safe, Esme declared, for fucking, like, six to ten pages. Oh my god. Okay. Brutal. So yeah, I... you can put that, you can put that music right over that. <laughs> that sounds, uh, well, I certainly don't blame you for skimming. <laughs> I'll say that. Holy fuck. Alice launched the ball toward Rose again. This time Rose got a piece of it. Whacking it past third, I ran in, but Alice already had it. Instead of throwing Rose out, for which there was time, Alice whirled and bolted toward home. And on and on forever. Here's, forever. He, here's here's something uh, really important, I think, that is missing in this scene. Mm-hmm. Um, baseball is really boring to watch. Right, yeah. <laughs> Sorry to any baseball fans out there. Uh, baseball is really boring to watch, but that's okay because the point of baseball is, one, the stats, which Edward should be talking about more often um or two you get like 10 beers uh watching the game yeah you know yeah and i that's what i need i need for bella to be you know maybe the collins are like don't tell anyone but we brought a we bought a 12 or something you know and uh, and and bella just getting sloshed watching a baseball game that's the american pastime absolutely it is not a play-by-play of a guy playing baseball that's not important. No, no. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Six to ten pages. It's like impressive. Impressive how long it goes on. Okay. Here, so I, I, I do, I, I completely understand you skimming the chapter. Not, you know, I absolve you of this podcast crime. Thank you. Um, however, I would maybe give you a... Um, an assignment for next week, mm-hmm. if this makes any sense. Sure. Um, skim it again and compare it with the Twilight movie baseball scene and oh. see whether did she write like a novelization of that. That is very interesting. I will. I will do. I will happily do that homework. Because <laughs> I, I. That's what I want to know. I want to know if if she was so like into the movie version that she like. Like, is this that getting put back into the book, or are they entirely different? I guess right. you'll be able to figure out pretty much immediately, right? Like, you won't have to read the whole thing, but, like, I... Yeah. I'd be I'm very, very curious. Yeah, that's that's fascinating. I really hope it is. That would be so funny if it was just the movie baseball scene. Yeah. Um. But, uh, then, um, Alice has a, has a scary vision, I yep. guess. 
Um, and then she like sits down quirky style in the middle of the baseball field mm-hmm. and, and recounts it to everyone. Um, are these the same vampires that were mentioned as like maybe coming into town? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So they're the same. And even in, in mine, Edward is like, damn it. I thought they were going to be here tomorrow and not today. <laughs> Really making me confused about what Alice's powers are, and also how stupid the Cullens are, just broadly. Like, uh, very. It's because it seems because so like it was it was ominously stated last chapter that ooh some other vampires are coming to town that could be bad. Um, I will protect I will protect you. You know Edward Edward doing his I will I will protect you with my life shit. Um. And I guess no one thought to ask Alice to, like, hey, can you, like, tune that brain radio of yours and, like, figure out, can we play baseball today? <laughs> that seems really, hmm, uh, missed opportunity, I guess, to use your powers. Yeah, I mean, that literally is, like, what is the reason that the vampires are coming, right? They're like, oh, I heard someone playing baseball over here. <laughs> I So I don't know... I'm I'm back to not understanding Alice's powers. I, I I mean I guess the real answer is that it seems like the the powers work whatever the way that it's like whatever's convenient for the story, right? Yeah, yeah. But like I thought she could see pretty far ahead, um, based on like where things were going, right? Like she didn't she didn't see that like if someone cracked a ball too hard, someone might hear that. I, I, I think it's mysterious. Okay. Because it does seem like she clearly can do it on purpose, right? Right. Yeah. She she is like cause because if Edward if Edward can ask her, hey, how does um how does my uh future with Bella look? Right? And she mm-hmm. can like tune pretty specifically and go like Oh, it looks like you have like a ninety five percent chance of not killing her today, <laughs> right? Like right. That, like that seems like she's able to do that pretty easily. Th- this makes her power seem completely different, I guess. Like this makes it seem like it's vibes based, which I I thought it specifically wasn't. Um, but she's picking up on bad vibes now. Yeah, it, it almost seems like it was something. It's like they didn't run the scenario, right? They didn't run the scenario of playing baseball, but that doesn't yeah. seem true either because. The reason that they're playing baseball in the first place is because she had a premonition that there would be a storm. Right, right. I, I, I guess I guess this is a, a a great little capstone to a thing kind of running through this whole chapter, in that like these characters are not being utilized enough. The like I I feel like there could have been some real drama here if like she had. If if Alice was a bigger deal in the story, and she had like really wanted to play baseball, and had maybe fudged her, uh, uh, you know, read of the future to be like, yeah, no, we can play baseball tomorrow, and it went bad, that might be something, right? But like, she's kind of a non-character still, and so like, like this is just a moment of like, oh well, the plot has to happen now, so she has this vision. Yep, I mean. That that's that would be a great way to have like 
a character conflict, right? But it just is never, it never is that. We're always, Rosalie's always processing off screen. (laughs) We're never going to have something like that. So it just is like, oh, of course, like, of course she would just have this, this vision suddenly because, because some, like something has to happen. Yeah. Rosalie, by the way, is like at the game. Um, but like Bella just sort of sees her and sees that she's not like, like Rosalie's not like paying attention to her and just moves on. Like no, no deeper thoughts there really. Just, Hmm. just that's funny. I thought for sure Bella would notice that Rosalie was like being bitchy at her or something because Edward is noticing that Rosalie is like rolling her eyes or like turning her body on purpose, like away from Bella and all of this stuff. And Edward thinks to himself at one point, like, Oh, I guess I, I guess she didn't promise to be nice or something. She just promised to tolerate it. Um, Yeah, no, I like uh, there. I think there is a, a moment where Bella notices that Rosalie's back is turned to her, but Bella doesn't, really seem all that spurned right she's she's certainly not worked up about it um which again i would would like to see these boring i would like to see these i want to see some sparks flying you know right (laughs) oh yeah so that that's that's where the chapter ends A a promise of vampires showing up to uh maybe eat bella or maybe play baseball we don't know the funniest thing about mine is that Alice is having all these visions and, and like the way that her visions work is she sees like all of the possible futures, but there's like a probability aspect, right? So there's like mm-hmm. the ones that seem like they could happen or like are very likely in all of this. And so there's this, this big moment of like external tension, right? Like it sort of sets the scene. She's um, sitting quirky style. They're like huddled around being like, Alice, what is your vision? All this stuff. Like I, there's an external tension happening here just based on what everyone is doing. Mm-hmm. But my book constantly reiterates because Edward is reading Alice's mind, how unlikely there is to be any conflict, right? Like, <laughs> he right. is, he, he, he notices many, many times how most of the possible futures and the most likely ones are just like, it's a peaceable meeting. Um, like, no one is going to do anything. And the one, um, like possibility of conflict or violent conflict is I, I think he even says as insubstantial as steam. So it's just like this oh. this weird conflict coming up, but then the whole time Edward's like, but it's very unlikely and they're probably just here to play baseball. Huh. So not knowing where this is going, I wonder if that is a kind of like feeble attempt to create some dramatic irony in a situation where it's going to go bad. Or if it's just, like, defanging the tension that Twilight had in this scene, right? right? Like, there's no good answer here, really. No, there isn't. It's, it's, uh, one, one end of the conflict is going to end up looking worse because of Midnight Sun's edition here. Yeah, um, yeah. Which is kind of funny. Um, you, you mentioning how Alice's powers work here reminded me, um... We uh, we got a couple of really good comments again on 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 the Patreon about our discussion about Edward's like sicko killing uh, d- flashback, right? Yeah, yeah. And how we like several people were pointing out like it's it's really funny 
that, like, the story is just doing, like, a typical, you know, thought crime story, like, like moral <laughs> parable here, but just, like, not engaging with it at all. And, like, maybe Stephanie Meyer <laughs> just, like, wasn't in, in, interested in, in engaging with that. And it's, like, yeah, there's no drama there because Edward's mind powers are that he can, like, linearly and literally read someone's thoughts. Um, and the thoughts are presented to him basically like a movie of what's going to happen five minutes from now. Right, right. Like, yeah. Um... So there's just no no room for like any uh any any like like ambiguity about like you know is what he is doing wrong is he is he killing people based purely on like random stray thoughts and and not like actionable oh my god this person is a serial killer stuff right um Alice should be the one with the Dexter past mm mhm Right? Future crimes. Because she can see the future, but, like, it's, like, fuzzy and vague, right? And based on, like, myriad, like, changes that seem to, like, you know... Like, like the future changes on a whim, right? Like, like there's a lot of butterfly effect stuff happening with her powers, it seems like. Um, Because that at least would have some, like, ambiguity, right? Like you, you, you'd be like, eh, I don't know whether she's right about this or not. Who can say? Whereas with Edward, it's just like, oh yeah, no, he's right. Like, like, like that guy, that guy was going to kill that person. So yeah, um. I mean, if it was Alice, I mean, that I, I could see there being this uh, dilemma, or at least like the discussion of a dilemma, where it's like, yeah, this person is very, very likely to serial kill this person, but there is a possibility that they don't, but it is as insubstantial as steam, right? <laughs> so there's a story there. That's just something, like, like it, I guess then, though, the problem would be that we've just created another character like all the other characters I'm complaining about, who like have a really interesting thing that they're never doing anything with, like right. Billy and charlie and whatnot um but uh yeah i don't don't know i just thought i i heard that and i was like huh if someone had like mind powers and was gonna kill people the more interesting story would be the character who isn't a hundred percent rock solid sure on what's gonna happen yeah yeah i mean it's it's funny right because like edward there is ambiguity there you can't read someone's mind and and know that they absolutely are Mm -hmm. like that's just not how it works but the way it is presented is like that is it is an absolute the way that he his power works right yeah like like he he isn't reading minds so much as he is like peering inside someone and and observing the like little pilot version of them that's in their brain yes exactly (laughs) like it's a very very um definitive version of mind reading that just 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 kills any sense of like ambiguity or like it has it has zero curiosity about like the pro- like the idea of mind reading as a fictional tool, right? Like it's, which it's, is it's, weird, right? Like the yeah. way that Edward engages with Bella and is like, I can't read Bella's mind. But then the the only person that Edward has an insubstantial mind reading on is Charlie Swan. That's weird, right? <laughs> like right. he he is the only person. Well, I mean, I guess so far the only person in this story where Edward doesn't see the the tiny pilot in someone's brain <laughs> that controls them it like is a much more like 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 
I don't want to say realistic, but like trying to be what like what it would actually be like to quote unquote read someone's mind and that you get like impressions and pictures and some sounds, but you can't really like make a lot of sense of it. But it's right. Charlie, right? Like that's it, so right. funny. <laughs> Yeah, Charlie, because Char- like he he was mind reading through Charlie, um, disconnecting the battery of Bella's car, right? Mm-hmm. And, and the way, yeah, right. He was seeing blueprints and like he was getting images of like car diagrams and like all that, and like that felt more interesting because because Edward has to work for it there. Mm-hmm. I think that's the main thing. It, like you know, Alice has to work for her visions. Edward had to work for um, Charlie's mind reading. It's like I I want to see even if they have cool powers. Like I want to see the characters have to think about them. You know, right, like, right. like 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 make intelligent decisions on how to use their powers and how to read uh, information given to them. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like drama <laughs> and characters <laughs> to matter. Yes, um, please. Um, is there anything else in this chapter you want to discuss, or should we move on to boyfriend points? I think it's boyfriend points time. Okay, this is going to be an interesting one. Um, so Edward is currently at negative 345. Uh, not great. He kind of lost some some head headway last week. Um, but he does maybe have a chance here to make some make some ground up um how do we how do we start here so we he i guess we have to start with him um kissing bella dropping her off right at at home that's kind of his first his first big move uh so so kissing her in front of people uh pda how do how do we how do we feel about his move here i mean that's kind of up to to her a little bit, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, it's Bella, so she loves it, of course. Great. Like, That's boyfriend points, then. <laughs> Bella's, Bella's... Let me, let me just double-check, really sure. But I, I am pretty sure that she was uh, pretty into this. Um... God, I just flipping through my pages here. I noticed that uh, it describes Jacob as morose when he sees oh. them kiss. Oh, poor guy. Let's see. Uh, his eyes flickered back to the porch, and then he leaned in to swiftly, swiftly kiss me just under the edge of my jaw. My heart lurched frantically, and I too glanced towards the porch. Billy's face was no longer impassive, and his hands clutched the armrests of his chair. Oh, it's not, okay, I missed that part. <laughs> Like, <laughs> he's getting pissed off watching this. That's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, how how do you feel about uh, the fact that he did that to be, like, a vampire a vampire joke a little bit? Yeah, asserting some, like, vampire dominance. Right. Yeah, um... I mean, when you put it that way, that's boyfriend points to me. Vampire dominance. <laughs> that sounds very cool and sexy. Right. Um, yep. However, he is maybe also using Bella as a bit of a prop here. I don't see the problem. Yeah. <laughs> In in the in the shadow war, you know. This is boyfriend points. I mean, Bella likes this. Bella's Bella's over the moon about this. She, I mean, she's not going to complain about a kiss from Edward. So, right. really, it's uh, yeah. Okay, okay, yeah. No, we're decided. Plus, plus, it seems pretty big. I mean, twenty five. Twenty five. All right. Any. I know that's a little more ambiguous because he's like listening, but like any any good boyfriend thoughts from him while he's in the tree or running alongside the car. 
He's just focused on the treaty, basically. Okay. It's um, all politics. Uh, yeah, it's mostly politics, and he's just sort of a little condescending or, like, I guess more like patronizing about Jacob's um, Jacob's sadness, but I don't think it really goes boyfriend okay. or not boyfriend points. Okay. So the next big thing will be him um, uh, connecting with Charlie, then. I think that's his next big scene, right? So respectful. Edward. He's so nice. He's so respectful. He talks about baseball. He promises that he'll have her home before nine or whatever. Um, Charlie seems into it. And I think Bella is mostly, if anything, I think Bella mostly just seems relieved that it's over quickly. Right. So I think, I don't know if we can really look to her on this one. Because that was, that was going to be her reaction no matter what, probably, right? Was, thank God that's over. Um, I don't know. where Because we get some first-person Edward here. So what's what's his... What, 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 I, not, nothing. I mean, he's just like, he's so chilled out. I'm so yeah. mad at him for insisting on this meeting anyway. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was... I mean, like, on the one hand, seeing how it went down... He is right in retrospect, I think. Mm -hmm. But also, that's only because he has, like, vampire mind powers, right? But, like, yeah. he did say, like, no, no, it's gonna be fine. Like, like we, we, should, we should rip this bandaid off now. Otherwise, we're gonna have to, like, it's gonna be worse if we explain, you know, why we're sneaking around together or whatever, right? And that's I think he was, he was right about that. But, like, maybe the execution... Hmm... It, it might still be, you know, not very cool boyfriend move. I mean, the thing is, is that it's high school, so it's just not cool. <laughs> That's true. It's hard to get around that aspect of it. Mm -hmm. um, it's a little it's a little presumptuous for a high school relationship, no matter what. Um, but he does hit it off with him. Maybe this is like a net zero. It might be. I feel like, like I should give him some points of just being, like, it just goes well, right? Meets, just give him, like, plus five for, like, yeah. it is, it's, it's, like, it goes well. We can, no, no points for the broader situation engineering, perhaps, but, like, five for, you know, being, being charming. Yeah, sure. Okay, plus five for charming Charlie. Uh, okay. Um, the... <laughs> Going horny mode by the Jeep. Yeah, we've got some big swings coming up yeah, here. Yeah, big swings here. Um, so he, they, Bella's like, I don't want to ride on your back while you're jumping around. It, it makes me feel <laughs> gross. I'm going to throw up again. Um, and he goes, he, he like, you know, he pushes her up against the car and starts kissing her neck and is like, I would, ne I would never let you ragdoll GTA five style down the mountain. Right. Um, is this, is this boyfriend points? <laughs> How do we, well, I don't yeah, know. About this, this is boyfriend points. <laughs> Arguing about transportation methods. I guess that's true. I guess it is. He turned, he turned a non-sexy situation into a, into a sexy one. That okay, when you put it that way, yeah, they could have just had like a normal boring fight, but yeah. he like made it sexy. He and was that's like, sort of like the exciting new relationship thing, yeah. right? Every every little logistical problem is just has that exciting spark and might turn into a sexy situation. Mm, okay. So plus on this one. Yeah. Uh, 
okay. How much do you think? Is this is it because this is a pretty big I don't know, he kind of goes for it here. Yeah, this is like a classic like romance novel sexy scene, right? Like this isn't a yeah. sex scene, obviously, but it's like as close as Twilight is going to get to being a sex I, scene. I I I love to be crass here. Sure. Not really. But no. this this is the chaste Twilight version of the scene that we were losing our shit over when we were reading after in the common room episodes. <laughs> no. <laughs> and and no. like <laughs> and he like <laughs> he like busted in her at the wedding. <laughs> you remember? I will never forget my entire life. <laughs> <laughs> but like this is that, right? They're like, you know, it's, it's the doing something sexy at a family gathering thing. Like <laughs> <laughs> Why would Harry Styles do that? <laughs> Harry Styles would never do that. <laughs> <laughs> they do- a book's so nasty. <laughs> the book is nasty. Oh God, yeah. But anyway, this is this is the this is the wholesome quote unquote version of that. He's not he's not busting in her and, and like putting the condom in his pocket, which is what happens in after. By the way, I read um, that entire book on Wattpad, <laughs> so it was the certified Harry Styles version. <laughs> So no, this one is significantly less nasty, but you're right, it is the same version of that scene. It's the same trope, right? It's yes. the yeah. Um the, you know, getting a little action within within earshot of like potentially within earshot of family, right? Um I don't okay, know how I so. feel now. Oh, have I tainted this for you? <laughs> yeah. We we can't hold we can't hold afters crimes against Twilight. No, uh. <laughs> no, we cannot. It'd be irresponsible. No, yeah, that was that's that's not that's not proper refereeing of the boyfriend points game. Um, no, yeah, I I, I I I think I agree with your perspective on this. I think he gets I think he gets some points here. He he takes a he takes what could have been just like a. Uh, an exhausting, pointless argument, and like makes it makes it. To, I don't know. He 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 pulls it. He pulls up. You know. He uh, uh, he 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 swerves it away from being a like a fight. Right. Like. Yeah. Fifty points. Okay. This is a classic romance novel scene. Classic romance novel stuff. Okay. Um. Let me think. Do we then? So, so that's like the first half of that, and then the second half of that is he he does this all. Oh, you're going to be the death of me monologue. Yeah. Minus twenty five. My <laughs> okay. I was gonna ask. Yeah, minus twenty five. Uh, ruining it. <laughs> uh, with that. Uh, w- by then making it a fight again. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Uh. Kind of shooting himself in the foot there. Um. I guess the last thing is like baseball, right? Like, does he do anything particularly boyfriendy at baseball? I don't know. I skimmed. <laughs> right, right, right. Because he certainly, I mean, he didn't really in mine. He's just playing baseball. Uh, and then. That is the I- impression that I got as 
well. <laughs> He's not, like, thinking about it. He never says, like, hey, Bella, watch this, and does anything. He doesn't, uh... He, like, looks over and sees that she's, like, really impressed, and he kind of smiles to himself and is like... Okay. Ha ha ha. She loves this. <laughs> so that's boyfriend points, I guess. Okay, it's like plus five. Yeah, something like that. Plus five, uh, uh, being cool at baseball. Um, he did not, however, I, I guess this is like, I guess it's not really his responsibility. He couldn't have known that, or maybe, well, no, he could have, actually, he could have, because he can read minds. Um, it, but like, uh, I would say that if I knew that there was a chance that a family member of mine might corner my partner and tell them about the time they jumped off a cliff because they lost a baby, um, the first time they're meeting, <laughs> I, I would, I would like maybe try run to prevent that. Run interference on that one. <laughs> I would run interference on on uh, my vampire mom and my girlfriend at that point. Right? That would seem. In fact, if anything, from my uh, version, is that he's he's so touched by this and kind of, like, facilitated <laughs> it happening. <Yeah. laughs> okay, so that feels like maybe minus five. You know, you can't... This is going to come up sooner or later, but I feel like he might... He could have maybe uh, handled that a little better. Definitely. Minus five. Um, not running interference. <laughs> Okay, I think that's everything. I think that's our chapter. Yeah, sounds um, good. Let's tally up these points. So he is sitting at negative... Negative 345 uh, plus 25 plus 5 plus 50 minus 25 plus 5 minus 5. Hey, he's at negative 285. Wow, nice. He's doing pretty good. All right. Well, good job, Edward. That's, uh, hey, <laughs> 70% of the way through the book, you might see zero, my friend. Impressive. He might get there. All right. Well, how about we take a quick break? Sounds good. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. Last week, we took a few fun little quizzes to determine what sort of vampires we were. Mm. Um, it's, uh, I don't know, I, I, I felt pretty pretty happy with the results. What about you? Absolutely, I did. What we, are we, we dramatic? and the, the dramatic and the classic vampire. Great. Which, which yeah, yeah no, that felt pretty good. Um, but there are, of course, millions and millions and millions of vampire quizzes out there. But I found one that I think, uh, number one, is just a fun concept and sort of the uh, the companion to what we took last week. And number two, it seems comprehensive. It has 30 questions to get wow. through. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to share my screen with you really quick. And you're, you're I think... You're going to like this. Oh, here we go. Which hot vampire is your soulmate? Excellent. <laughs> We've got a picture, of course. Would you like to describe for the audience who, oh, yeah, who is well, the... 
there's the Salvatore brothers, Stefan and Damon Salvatore from the Vampire Diaries. Brothers bond themselves there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, fingers crossed that this is a quiz that is going to give us a result and not say, like, give give me your social security number at the end of this one. Um, but I, I think we're good. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I guess, I guess I'll ask the questions and we'll, we'll determine, you know, or I, I guess what calling, can you call a shot here and, and, and see, see if you can get there maybe. Like who I think will be the hot vampire boyfriend. Who, who do you think, who do you think is your hot vampire soulmate? I think it's Spike from Buffy. That's my okay. cold shot. Okay. So that's your cold shot. So, so I guess. We'll see if uh, finger. I, I, that's got to be an option in here. I I would hope so. If I get Angel, I'm going to be so pissed off. <laughs> okay, so with that in mind, I guess shall we go through this quiz? Are you ready? Thirty questions. This is going to be comprehensive. Oh, I'm ready. Okay, so in question number one, uh, are you into the brooding type? Here's the thing, is now I just want to answer to not get Angel from Buffy. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're going to have to ride a thin... You, you've kind of got three competing things here, which is getting Spike, not getting Angel, and being, you know, answering anything not too untruthfully, you know? Yeah, see, this is the one where it's like, if I, if I wanted to... I mean, yeah, I like the brooding type, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> the two options are I, I mean duh and it can get old this is question one out of 30 you, we can de-angel okay. i'm sure from here right like yeah you're not locking in i'm sure so right. you want, want me to go with yes on this one you're into the brooding type yeah don't you think yeah 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 okay uh i'm clicking it hmm how about this how about this? Which vampire of the masquerade clan are you? I already know. I already know. So now we have so so uh for those listening, would you like to describe what what the clans are and what you know you are? Um there's no way I can just list off all the clans. <laughs> okay, fair. Fair, fair. But you are I'm Tremere, the Tremere. magic vampires. That's right. The cool magic vampires. Uh, there are many different vampire clans in the world of darkness. Which one is yours? And they've put a little content warning on the quiz here. Uh, death, murder, blood drinking, visual depictions of fake blood. So vampire stuff. Vampire stuff. All right. Are you ready? Now, will, I guess the real thing here is, will you be able to engineer a Tremere answer? You know? Absolutely, I can. Okay. Uh, okay. Well, we're starting with not a question, but a <laughs> preamble, I suppose. Yep, yep. How would people who know you describe you? Uh, question, uh, uh option one. Extroverted, charismatic, the center of attention. Introverted, quiet, hard to push in- to interact and socialize. Confident, sometimes bossy, taking the lead whenever you can. Empathetic, helpful, always First to solve someone else's problems, sarcastic, cold, always concealing your soft side from others. What is this background? <laughs> They've got like a stock image of a guy with a bike in the background here. I don't know. What is, what's vampire about this? Am <laughs> I hunting this did, guy? Did, did he just get, is, is he contemplating the embrace here? What's <laughs> not very vampiric. 
They should have put a content warning on this one. Yeah, content they warning. should have. Guy with a bike. Watch out. Let's see. I feel like I'm just going to pick the introverted one because I'm an introvert. Yeah. Um, I'm not really solving other people's problems. These are all really mean and judgmental, though, except that one. It's really True. funny how these are all... Well, I guess, okay, A and D are, like, more positive, but the rest of them, like, they're really judgy. <laughs> like... Yeah. Uh, but you want to go with introverted? I do, I uh, do. But, yeah, that makes... Yeah. Out of those. Which topics do you find the most interesting to research online? Pick up to three. Ooh. Whoa. Okay. Um, make between one and three choices. Paranormal, mystery, creepy pastas, (laughs) true crime, unsolved cases, witchcraft, rituals, and magic, survival, doomsday prep, living in the wilderness, medicine, diseases, medical procedures, finances, stocks, cryptocurrency, astrology, self-discovery, personality tests, Political activism, fundraising, and charities, cults, sects, and secret organizations, and art, music, and creativity. Money fandom represented on this list with Money finance fandom. stocks and cryptocurrency. Cryptocurrency. The thing is, is that you do kind of look up cryptocurrency stuff a lot, but not in the way that they mean here. Yeah, lock it in, though. That seems true. <laughs> you can't escape that one. I'm just going to pick art, music, and creativity as just, like, the default option here. Right. Um, and let's see here. And I got, and obviously I'm taking a personality test right now, so gotta lock that one in. (laughs) My three interests. They've bunched these up. Because the problem is, we've got, these are true in that, like, cryptocurrency derogatory you're looking up all the time yeah yeah personality tests (laughs) we're always talking about on here and art music and create i mean that's just what like everyone does online right yeah that's the free space yep but like astrology self-discovery stocks and like they've kind of lumped a bunch of extra stuff in with all of these but i guess these are yeah these are the best we've got you you okay with this Yep, I'm all good. Okay. What is your ideal evening? A, in your favorite nightclub, partying with the amazing people you've just met and just enjoying the night. B, alone at home with your books, video games, or online. I'm already clicking and mashing that one. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing that too. Uh, C, in your regular place with tr- close friends you've known for years. And D, attending a posh invitation-only party with a select group of people. Uh, I'd love to be alone at home with my books, video games, or online. That's so true. Me too, bestie. <laughs> uh, what's your online presence like? Ooh. You've been called an influencer more than once. You keep it professional. You're too successful and busy to post often. Niche and strongly driven by your current interests. Everyone who follows you knows what you're passionate about. And there's barely any. You try to stay anonymous and private. Okay, so I'm un- I'm gonna understand how <laughs> how weird this is gonna sound from yeah. on my podcast, um, <laughs> but I would say there's barely any, and I try to yeah. stay anonymous and private. Yeah, the po- the podcast basically is like the the bulk of it. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah, it's like all of it. <laughs> 
<laughs> I do love, again, uh, the stock picture they've sh- chosen here is very unworld of darkness. Uh, yeah. Uh, okay, so D. Question five. You get a link to a mysterious online personality quiz. Whoa. W- well, hold on. This is getting a little meta, I feel. <laughs> uh, rate each statement from zero to ten. I'm often surrounded by other people. Zero to ten. I guess zero, zero being ten. doesn't apply. Ten totally me. Um, like three statistically, right? Yeah. More often than not, I am not surrounded by other people. Okay. I prefer hierarchy and structure over chaos and disorganization. Five. I'm neutral. I wish I had loyal servants to help me manage my affairs. Ten, absolutely. (laughs) When push comes to shove, I'd rather fight with my words than my fists. Yes, I would lose a fist fight. Ten. Test results link to a website that seems shady. Do you click on it? Ooh, hey, this happened to us last week. (laughs) Yeah, and I absolutely would have clicked on it. A hundred (laughs) percent. (laughs) <laughs> uh, of course you're too curious what the words, what's the worst that could happen yeah it's just a computer 10 as you walk alone on an empty street you feel like someone is following you you turn around but see nobody what do you do uh, A continue walking confidently trying to show your uh, with your posture and attitude that you're unbothered B call out loud uh, call out loud confidently, asking the alleged follower to come out of hiding. C, change your pace, attempt to hurry away quickly. And D, investigate. Try to search for the source of this feeling. It, like, vampire me or human me? I... <laughs> Is this pre or post embrace? <laughs> That's... <laughs> I... Yeah. I... This is... I, I'm assuming this is all pre embrace. That makes sense. Because we had like the preamble about what the embrace was, which is when you get you get bited by a vampire. Yep, yep. Um so I guess we're determining pre here. I I would say change my pace, attempting to hurry away quickly would be my move here. Okay. Uh someone broke into your home. What would they no. see after entering it? Uh A, chaos only you can find your way through. You almost feel bad for them. B, everything in its own place in a neat and tidy space. Hopefully they haven't made any mess. C, they must have been quite shocked to see what you kept inside. You've had a hard time explaining what that thing lying on your desk is. D, barely anything of importance, thankfully. You either stashed your valuables somewhere else, or you haven't anything worth stealing. E, a lot of cool things to steal, unfortunately. That one! Unfortunately, my video games! (laughs) You've got a cool figurines shelf. Exactly. Yeah, they're gonna take all your shit. That's fucked. You know you're being spied on. It's been going on for weeks now. How do you handle it? Uh, number one, you oh oh fuck! They've got an animated background on this oh, one. No, that guy's coming. Oh, there's a scary guy walking. This is briskly. Spooky. He's walking briskly. What's he gonna do when he gets here? Oh, he's just walking past. Okay. Um. Uh, A, you contact the police. This is serious, and serious measures must be taken to keep you safe. B, you hire a private investigator to discover who is following you. C, you confide in your friends, try to be alone as little as possible, and spend your nights with them. D, others would only say you're paranoid or interfere with your own investigation. You're better off handling this alone. 
This is a fantastical situation. Yes. I will hire a private investigator. Hell yeah. Ooh. Ah. Wow. Another animated background <laughs> with a, a lady with a really bad prosthetic thing. Uh, yeah, and some glued, blood. <laughs> glued to her face and uh, some blood. Yeah, spooky. Uh, you have been embraced. This is your first step into the undead world. You are now kindred, a vampire. When you open your eyes, you see the one who did this to you. Who do you see? Your enemy, your lover, someone you looked up to, a complete stranger, a horrible monster. Well, my lover, obviously. Yeah. This is this is my romantic vampire fantasy. Whoa, what's this? This guy's face, is, he's vaping. This guy's vaping, yeah. This guy's vaping really hard. <laughs> uh... The embrace granted you supernatural powers. What th- what would you most want to have? Pick up to three. Here we fucking go. Invisibility. Superhuman speed. Uh, I think our feelings on that have been <laughs> comprehensively uh, discussed. Uh, superhuman strength. Superhuman resilience. Superhuman charm. Witchcraft. Enhanced senses and instincts. Ability to talk to animals. Ability to control others and shapeshifting. Okay. Witchcraft, obviously, because I'm going to get Tremere. <laughs> Uh, shape-shifting, because that rocks. Yeah, fuck yeah. Um, I feel like you just gotta throw in superhuman strength, because why wouldn't you? That seems pretty useful, right? Right? Yeah. Invisibility or strength seem really just, like, the most useful powers you could ever get. Right. I think strength is, like, the catch-all. Yeah. Okay. Being immortal sounds great in theory, but there's a price to pay. Pick one that feels the most suitable. You have difficulty controlling your emotions. You're forced to hide or survive on a run. I assume the run they mean here. <laughs> survive on a run. Survive. I would not survive a run. <laughs> no, um. me either. <laughs> uh, C, no one seems to trust you. D, in dire situations, you tend to be controlling and ruthless. And E, sometimes you get tunnel vision completely obsessed with a single thing or person. Oh, that one, definitely. I'm already right. <laughs> very obsessive uh, pre-embrace. Uh, as a vampire, you are cursed with the need to drink human blood, and obtaining it is not always easy. How do you hunt for your prey? Uh, a, seduction, making sure it's pleasant for us both. B, quietly uh-huh. drink from sleeping mortals, never to be seen again. C, feed on a group of people loyal to me and my needs. D, Hunt only those who deserve to be hunted, going Dexter mode. Uh, <laughs> e, search for a way to make it consensual, even if it means risking discovery. And F, quick bite in an alley without the unnecessary games. Hmm. That's a tough one. Yeah, these are like the cool vampire. This is like vampire personality extreme. This is the vampire personality stuff here. Yeah, I don't think I would be a Dexter. No. Kind of boring, That's, really. It is kind of boring. I kind of want to go just, like, utilitarian. Quick bite in an alley. Yeah, you just walk up and go, Hump, and then yeah. move on. Yeah. Yeah. You made a mistake and drank too much blood. You're left in an alley with a body and the voices of people approaching. They cannot know it was your fault. What do you do? One, run away quickly. B, run towards the people pretending you've just found the body and screaming at them to call the police. <laughs> Hide and observe. Use supernatural powers on the people, turn them around, make them forget, convince they never saw anything unusual. 
Uh, and then use supernatural means to hide the body, even if it means it will never be found again. I'm obviously going to use my supernatural powers here. E- yeah. Uh, on the people or on the body? I feel like it literally just depends on the situation, right? Yeah. I mean, you have super strength, right? You could just, like, throw it. <laughs> I-, I don't know. <laughs> Squish it. Yeah, sure, I'll hide the body. Whatever. Or, oh, right, okay. Hide it with the powers, right? Well, although you got witchcraft powers. Okay, yeah, 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 you're right. So you'd use it on the they people. They saw nothing. They saw nothing, okay. Uh, the knight belongs to those with ambition. What is yours? A, to gain the wisdom and knowledge I craved so badly. B, to climb the ladder and stay on top. C, to be loved and idolized. And D, to destroy the worst monsters among us. Among us. And then E... <laughs> To stay away from this whole mess and be truly free. I crave wisdom and knowledge so badly because I was Tremere the whole time. (laughs) You are Tremere. (laughs) I won the quiz yet again. The arcane clan Tremere were once a house of mortal mages who sought immortality but found only on death. As vampires, they've perfected ways to bend their own blood to their will, employing the sorceries to master and ensorcel both the mortal and vampire world. Their power makes them valuable, but few vampires trust their scheming ways. I'm a blood mage. You did it. You you fucking nailed it. Yeah. Got it in one. Um God, I'm 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 cheesed. I'm cheesed off about the the soulmate one not working. Uh, web- the website is so broken. It's unbelievable. It's so fucked. Which hot vampire is your soulmate? I want to know. I want to know if we can get Spike. This is so fucked. Maybe it's like one of those things where it's like, because the quiz is broken, you find out what is truly in your heart. You know? Yeah. Yeah. There's some great questions in here. Choose a vampire aesthetic. And there's three mood boards and they look identical. <laughs> <laughs> There's just like red lips with vampire fangs, red eyes, blood bags. There's a there's one here where it says, "Do you prefer blondes or brunettes?" Which is like you're just cheating. You're just that's just like a free point yeah. to get to to pick whichever guy you want. Could you could you d d d angel five from here? You could right like yeah, definitely yeah. Uh, do you identify with canines or felines more? Do you believe in love at first sight? Would you say you're a brave person? Yeah, they've got a bunch of bunch of great questions here, but like website, website doesn't is work. So broken. So fucked. Well, I guess I will keep an eye on that one, and maybe the website will work one day, and we can come back to it, or we can just find another one. But yeah. But I think for now, unless you want to try and take a quick spin and find another quiz, I think we should probably take it to the close. What do you say? Sounds good. All right. Our theme song is Hamagonagal by Cheshire Moon. Huge thanks to them, as always. Plenty of Susa as our theme song. You can find them at, at, on Bandcamp, and you can find us at patreon.com slash shriekcast. And Liz, what are we reading next week? That is a very good question. I believe we are both reading a chapter called The Hunt. That's right. Well, as exciting as that sounds, as exciting as the baseball was, please <laughs> read another book. Please read another book. You go into the dream, but there's a lady in there. Makes ocean raw seem tame. Better know what you're after if you catch a eye. Cause this hot mama is just a cat in disguise.